Um, and we're continuing on our series with the assurance of our salvation. And God is inviting you this morning to have an encounter with him. We're going to talk about what it means for us to walk in salvation, to stand firm. So how will you experience God? This, just yesterday, I really just felt the Lord impressing upon my heart to just be steadfast and unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. And what, that, what steadfast means is to be resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering. And that's what God is calling for his people um, in this time, I believe. And uh, so there, I'm going to just share the, 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 the physical aspect of this. And then there's also the spiritual aspect of this. And so, as you all know, this year my son started kindergarten. And for, for me, it's each year kids transition into a, a, a new grade each year. And as parents, we kind of transition along with them. We have to prepare our minds for kindergarten. And then when he goes to fifth grade, I have to prepare my mind for fifth grade, whether it's regarding his work or whatever that is. And I think it's the same way with us and God. Each year, each, each, each level, we always go to a new level in God. And that's how I want to describe our relationship with God. We may be preparing for kindergarten, or we may be at the our, our beginning relationship with God, or we may feel like we're more advanced. But no matter what, there's always a transition, and at each transition, we have to prepare ourselves for that. And so that's kind of where we're going to go with that. And so um, salvation is such an incredible gift but God, and God wants us to experience the present and the gift of his presence. He wants us to have an encounter with him. So he wants, no matter where we go, and as we transition in our relationship with God, he wants to experience him in a new way, in a, in a new way as we grow and, and encounter him at a new level. And so the awesome thing about this is that we can enjoy this, this celebration with God. We're, talk, we're going to talk about this sort of as a process. And like I said, it, no matter where you are, you can always hit this, re-hit this process. No matter, each year we're going to still have that same anticipation. School's starting again. It's just that back to school. You know, you have that new anticipation each year. And it's the same, same with God. And so uh, with that anticipation, we, we want to call out to God. And he wants to draw you into his presence so you can experience his glory. God wants to meet you. He wants to meet you. And so part of his plan is um, that I want to talk about is that first there's this awakening that, that happens in us. We hear the sound. We hear the wake-up call. We, we get the memo that, okay, school's starting. We get the date that it's going to start. And we have this wake-up call. And it's a call for us spiritually to seek God. And then we want to turn and return to God, draw close to him and be made whole because God has so much, so much for us. And then next, he wants us to be restored to him. And this can be even for new believers who, who've never, never known God you'll still have this, 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 this yearning to know God, this, this want to seek God. And then you come and you return to him. And then you, you're restored. We're, God restores us to himself. 
to his plan. We, and we claim our forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. And that's what salvation is about, us claiming that forgiveness through his blood. And then this, this next step is that we get to, like, as kids enroll in school and they get into the new year now, they've met their friends, they've gotten to know. Same thing with us. We begin to connect with other believers on a more personal level. We hang out. We fellowship with other believers. And we get to share in the fellowship of God's presence, share in the fellowship with other believers. And then um, God is inviting us to share in his presence, to experience more of him, more of who he is. And so... Um, I, I want to, I really want to, to bring us into, introduce you to a man in the Bible named Joseph. And I want to watch how his life, he had, he went through so many things in his life, but God was still able to use him. And it's just like that with us, the different things that we experience in life. God still wants um, to draw us closer and to experience him. So there's this man named Joseph. And he, he was his father's favorite son. His father showed his extreme love for him. He gave him a richly colored tunic as a sign that he was not expected to work in the fields like his brothers. He just favored this son more highly than his brothers. And his brothers resented him. Joseph told them of, the, of his a prophetic dream that he had that one day they would all come and bow down before him. So this just made matters worse for the brothers. Um, so one day his brothers caught him in a field, they beat him, they stripped him of his tunic, and they threw him in a pit planning to kill him. So, but before the brothers got around to killing him, some Ishmaelite traders came and his br brothers decided to sell him into slavery. So Joseph found himself in Egypt. He was a slave in the house of an Egyptian official named Potiphar. But the amazing thing is that God blessed him even at, while he was at Potter's house. God, um, God actually blessed Potiphar. Potiphar saw the blessing on his life as a result of having Joseph there. So even for us as believers, wherever you go, wherever you find yourself, know that the people around you are going to experience the favor of God just because you bring the presence of God with you. And that's, this is, this is that, that, that what God wants us to experience in our lives. And uh, now one day, his, uh, he something happened where he resisted Potiphar's wife's attempt to seduce him. And she falsely accused him of trying to rape her. So he found himself in prison. He was placed literally in prison. And, but the amazing thing is that God was still with Joseph in prison. And so even in our lives, when we find ourselves in difficult situations, we're going to go through those different struggles or trials or just go through things where we feel like, God, are you really with me? Are you really here? Nonetheless, God blessed Joseph even while he was in prison. The warden put Joseph in charge, and because of his walk with God, he, he gained a reputation, a reputation for being able to interpret dreams. So there were people in pr the prison that had dreams, but jo God used Joseph to interpret those dreams, and he was still using those gifts that God had given him even while he was in prison. And so one day, Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt at this time, had a dream that no one could interpret. 
And the amazing thing is that someone remembered Joseph's gift. And he was brought in to interpret, to interpret Pharaoh's dream. So Pharaoh highly honored him, and then he was set free from prison and placed in a position of great honor in Egypt. And Pharaoh even gave him the, uh, a wife as a, to honor him as a present, as a gift. Pharaoh gave him Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, to be his wife. And so um, he essentially became a prince in Egypt. His mother, yeah. And Genesis 39 and 5 says, So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. So although Joseph, his whole life had been suffering and loss, you know, he was, his mother had died when he was a child. His brothers had rejected him and plotted to kill him. He was sold into slavery. He was held captive in a foreign land. He was separated from his father and never expected to see him again. Finally, he had been falsely accused and thrown into prison. But one thing changed. Even, you know, he interpreted the dream for, for Pharaoh. Something changed when Pharaoh's wife gave birth. And that's really what I want to, um, spiritually for us as believers, I believe that this is a time where God is, call, is calling us. You may have felt like, you know, not everything is lining up for you. And I'm sure, I'm sure Joseph felt the same way for him. But when he had his firstborn son, he saw his child and something happened in his heart. And jo Joseph named his son his firstborn son, Manasseh, which means causing to forget. For God said, he hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. In Genesis 41 and 51. Then she gave birth again. Joseph named his second son Ephraim, which means double fruitfulness. He said, God has made me fruitful in my land of suffering. So Genesis 41 and 52, we see the second, uh, the second son was named Ephraim, and it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Israel at this time has suffered a long history of loss and rejection. But until they came, this, they were going to bring the blessing back to Israel. And that's what's so cool because just like for us, we're able to put, because of God, who he is, because of this gift of salvation, because of this awesome presence, present of his presence that we're talking about today, we're able to put those issues of our past behind us. You're able to forget them and become fruitful. So God told them, may God bless, make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. That's what God told the children of Israel at this time. So we have to press for this encounter with God. As we all know, labor, birth, giving birth to these two sons, that was a press. That was a, a long period. And it wasn't until after they were born where Joseph was able to say, God, you know, I can forget the past and I will experience your double fruitfulness on my life. And so we have to press for this type of encounter with God where we want to see the fruitfulness of God, where we're able to push through and push toward closer to God. So... Um, the story goes on that when Joseph's dad, Jacob, came down to Egypt, 
he gave Ephraim a blessing and said that they would be a picture of the ultimate blessing in Israel. So Jacob, Joseph's dad, blessed um, Ephraim. And he said, Manasseh will be great, but Ephraim will be greater. And um, so I want to show you this picture of, we have here Israel, it's the country there. And Ephraim was one of the 12 tribes, which were one of the 12, uh, 12 sons of Jacob, basically. So we have that. But that, just because of the blessing that God had on, Jacob, on Joseph's life, he was faithful. I want to really point out to that Joseph remained faithful through everything he had experienced in his life. He remained faithful, and that's what it requires of us. And because of that, his seed, he, he, Ephraim was one of the tribes, one of the countries, or one of the areas. And that area was so blessed. So many great things came out of Ephraim. One of the things was that Joshua, who led the children out of captivity into the promised land, he came out of, he came out of Ephraim. And also Samuel, who was such an upright man in the Bible, who was the last judge and the first prophet who prophesied that David would become king. He came out of Ephraim. So this was such a, a great place. I mean, so much fruit did come out of this, this land. The, the problem, I mean, now we see uh, the, the story goes on. It wasn't all perfect, you know, into to history. It wasn't all perfect for them. In spite of God's goodness, they did fall. They turned away. But we're going to see God's restoration come. But... Um, they were they were eventually conquered by the Assyrians, and and oh God, they experienced bondage, and they brought the idols in to worship, and they they fell, they fell, which wasn't good. <laughs> but we're gonna see, in spite of that, how how God was able to still draw them to Himself, because you know no one's perfect. <laughs> Nonetheless, we have to know who's whose we are and who we belong to. And we have to continually seek God in spite of that. And so um, they set up a golden calf for pagan worship in the land. They were ultimately captured by the Assyrians. But thank God, God had a redeemer for them. Um, in 2 Kings 22, we do see a, an eight-year-old king named Josiah, who eight years into his reign, actually um, brought them back to God. He, he got rid of the idols and he uh, basically had a, he basically sounded this alarm, and that's what we're talking about, this awaken. He awakened them back up to see who God, God was. So we're going to go back to those, those steps, this wake-up call, the Assyrian, oh, um, uh, okay. They had a wake-up call, and we'll go back to the other slide. Uh, the, the Assyrians had been a wake-up call for them to cause them to turn and return to God. They repented of their sins. They entered into a time of great rejoicing, and they were restored to God. Um, back when Josiah was leading them, in the t Second Chronicles 34 tells us that in the towns of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, as far as Naphtali, and in the ruins around them, he tore down the altars and the Asherah poles, and he crushed the idols to powder and cut to pieces all the incense altars throughout Israel. So they restored the temple. They re rediscovered God's word. They humbled themselves, and they repent of, them sins, of their sins, and they inquired of the Lord. So God was able to restore them back to himself. 
And so even as we, like I said, we come to these levels, it's kind of like starting all over. Okay, starting all over for school. Now you're in third grade or you're in the, you're in the next level in God. There's still this, this new wake-up call. So it doesn't necessarily mean that we, you know, we backslide or we fall. Nonetheless, we trans, we're continually transitioning into new levels in God. And there's, this another, there's another wake-up call for us. For us to turn, to return to God, to be restored in our fellowship with him so that we can experience more of God. It's all about experiencing more of God. Whether you're seeking, you know, to be used by God more mightily, whatever it is that, that you're seeking. So we want to be restored to God daily. We want to enter into his presence and experience his glory. So, um, and I think those, those are, those are, that's what God wants us to experience with him. And so... So, um, so I, that's mostly. It. But it, today, I just want to want to ask you: if you're not as close to God as as you once were, or if you want to experience more of who God is, it's kind of how like God restored Ephraim back to Himself. If you want to experience more of who God is, we want to invite you just to we want to invite you to do that this morning, to experience, to enter into his presence and to experience more of his glory. And so, God, we thank you for drawing us to yourself, this, to you this morning. We want to enter into your presence, and we want to be filled with overwhelming joy. And God desires that we enter into his presence. He desires that. So that we can be filled. And um, Chanel talked about it last weekend. He doesn't want us to come with our cups seeking for our cups to be half full. He wants our cups to be filled. As a matter of fact, she brought up a bucket because she said, God, we, we want to be our buckets to be filled to the overflow. And I think that that is what God wants us to desire in our hearts. And like I said yesterday, I just felt this uh, sense of God saying, you know, be steadfast, be unmoving. Because the more you draw into his presence, the more you're steadfast and standing on his promises, the more you can hear him, the more you can experience who he is in your life, and the more that you'll have basically the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you where he needs you to go. And that's what it's about. We want to be so keen to hear what God is saying to us. That's where we want to be. Marie shared an awesome testimony, and I don't mean to steal your, your, your glory, but in prayer on Wednesday night, how as she began to seek the Lord, the Lord dropped someone on her spirit. And when she reached out to that person, that, that person need, essentially needed prayer, needed to be reached out to, needed to hear that God was with them at this time, at that time. And so that's what it's about. It's about us coming into that presence. Like Joseph, he was in prison, but he stayed in the presence of God. He allowed God to use him mightily, so mightily. In prison. He didn't know. He was just interpreting. He didn't know that the Pharaoh would call him to interpret his dreams, for him to be used, oh my God, to be exalted. And Pharaoh put him in charge of the land. And surely his dream that he told his brothers came to pass. He dreamed that his brothers would bow to him. And that is what it, it did happen. Years, how many years passed? You know, I mean, years passed, you know, the progression. And that, and that was too what Chanel was talking about last week is that. These things that God promises us, that God tells us, 
It may take some time, but, but that's not the important piece because I don't think Joseph thought about that or lost sight of it, of God's promise for his life. I don't think he did. He stayed steadfast to do what God called him to do. And that's where God wants us now. He wants us to know exactly where he's taking us. There should be no questions asked. I used to always, how do I know the will of God as a kid? Now I feel like I'm more mature now, and I can see that as long as I'm doing what God calls me to do and I'm listening to him, God gives me every step. And it's a tiny step, and, and it, I mean, it takes so much patience and things like that, but nonetheless, it, it just gives us so much assurance to know that God is with us and that God is leading us. So I just invite you today just to come, to enter into God's presence, even as you go, go this week. Just know that God has so many, and it, so many great things in store for you. And it's not just for you. That blessing that God gave Joseph, it wasn't just for him. It was for this whole lineage, this whole country, Ephraim. So many great men came out of that, despite of the fact that they failed. So God used that, that, that lineage to do so many great and amazing things. And um, so that, that's, how, that's where we want to be. Um, yeah. So I just thank God for his word today. And um, God, we thank you that you are drawing us to yourself. In Jesus' name. Thank you.